This is Peter Book 4. It is July 13th, 2017. It is Thursday, um, editor of the Book Report, and wanted to update my thoughts on uh, the markets, monetary policy after uh, Janet Yellen spoke this week, and following the comments from Mario Draghi a couple weeks ago, uh, the rate hike by the Bank of Canada, and, and what else to expect, especially headed into uh, second quarter earnings reports that will literally start tomorrow with the banks. And then uh, I can refresh and give some back more color to the uh, some investment ideas that I've had that I've been publishing on the ideas page of the book report. So Janet Yellen yesterday triggered a uh, nice rally in the markets as everyone perceived her to be dovish. And I, that's shocking, I know. Uh, she used the gradual word again in terms of raising interest rates, but we've heard the gradual word forever. Uh, so I don't really think there was any new news. Uh, I think the market was just looking for an excuse to to bounce off um, of, off levels, and that commentary in front of the House was repeated in front of the Senate. And again, there was really no new news. Um, she wants to start quantitative tightening relatively soon, and that begs the question of what's the definition of relatively soon. And they do meet in a couple weeks, and be unlikely they would do that. Uh, or initiate that quantitative tightening without a press conference, but I'm sure they potentially could lay the groundwork for it in the wording. Either way, I think by September, we're going to get another form of tightening. And uh, whether it's a rate hike, depending on where the inflation numbers are, or it's going to be uh, shrinking of the balance sheet, it's going to happen. So while the market, stock market took comfort, uh, they should still expect, again, another round of tightening come September. So here we are, the Fed ramping up the removal of accommodation uh, in the ninth year of this expansion when growth is uh, will likely have a one handle on it this year. This also follows a couple weeks ago when Mario Draghi laid the groundwork for what they will do in September, and that is lay out a game plan for further tapering throughout 2018. There was, in fact, the Dow Jones story today quoting an ECB official saying that that's exactly what they are going to be prepping the markets. Uh, the ECB does meet next Thursday on July 20th, and Mario Draghi will be speaking at Jackson Hole at the end of August, and then less than two weeks later will be that September meeting. So we're going into a fall uh, time period where the ECB maybe will, will be announcing a taper or initiating a taper. The Fed will be initiating quantitative tightening. Uh, we may get another rate hike by the Bank of Canada after the uh, hiked yesterday by 25 basis points from 50 basis points to 75, taking back one of the two cuts that they initiated in 2015 after the price of oil collapsed. Uh, we also are likely to get, I believe, uh, by year on another, uh, where a rate hike by the Bank of England as they take back the emergency rate hike, I'm sorry, emergency rate cut that they initiated after Brexit in. Um, that took place July of last year, and that rate cut followed, I believe it was two months later. Bank of Japan is going through a very subtle and quiet uh, tapering where they are buying a, on a run rate of about 50 trillion yen this year uh, versus their target of 80 trillion yen. And while they've been so focused on yield curve control, uh, they've had to step in uh, a few times over the past week in buying 10-year and 3- to 5-year paper in order to keep a lid on interest rates. The 40-year, which I like to look at because it's the furthest away from yield curve control, that yield is continuing to creep higher and it's just off the highest level 
since early 2016. So this is the backdrop as we head into uh, earnings beginning tomorrow. Uh, we also uh, we want to pay attention with the banks, particularly loan growth. Loan growth has slowed down dramatically. CNI loans in particular are running at a 1.8% year-over-year growth rate, which is pretty punk. Uh, and I want to hear uh, what the banks have to say about loan growth because at the end of the day, uh, that's how banks make money, through loan growth. It's not um, most other activities. It's loans. That's the business that they're in. So that's where we stand, and, and I, I think importantly with, with earnings are going to be what, what's the tolerance level for earnings disappointments because the bar is very high just based on the performance of the stock market this year and performance of the stock market last year. Last year we were up 10%, earnings growth was zero. This year up almost 10%, and expectations for earnings are possibly 8 to 10%. If you take out energy, second quarter earnings are expected to be up 4%. So energy is going to be that big um, – uh, mover in terms of the headline number. So uh, if you're interested in taking out energy, uh, if you were interested in not taking it out beforehand, then um, be cognizant of that. Uh, another thing that um, I think we should keep our eye on is um, looking at some of the ideas overseas. Uh, in my ideas page, I've give, uh, given a bunch of different ideas over the past uh, six months, and um, fortunately, most of them have worked out. Uh, just to give at least an emerging market update, uh, Brazil's had a very interesting political week. Looks like uh, Michael or Michelle Tamer, however you want to pronounce it, seems to have the support of his uh, constituency to not get indicted for corruption. Uh, they've also been successful in passing pension reform. So I think that um, that is very significant. It comes on the heels of a uh, previous uh, important piece of legislation. Uh, many months ago, where they uh, will limit the pace of spending to inflation. Um, so I think Brazil is making some major positive changes. Uh, the market is still pretty much ignored by investors, and uh, as is the Brazilian real. Just to give you an idea, EWZ, which is the uh, dollar-based Brazilian ETF, is trading at uh, around $35. Uh, this ETF was 100 in 07 pre-crisis. Uh, India, the Sensex, and the South Korean Kospi, the two other emerging market uh, indices that I like, both closed at uh, record highs today, uh, today being, again, Thursday, July 13th. And um, I still think that at least the South Korean market is in the process of re-rating. Hopefully, with the new president, there will be reform with respect to Scheibels, the big conglomerates uh, that has resulted in a depressed valuation for the Korean stock market at around 10 times earnings with very low returns on equity and very low dividend yields. And um, if the president is not successful, you know, I'll be the first one to press the sell button, but at least for now I'm optimistic. Uh, India is still a tremendous growth story with uh, Modi making some major changes. Uh, the, the goods and services, I'm um, sorry, goods, yeah, goods and services sales tax was implemented last week, and um, there's no question there's going to be uh, a bumpy road with respect to implementation, but I think the concept is great in providing a much more efficient, streamlined process in getting goods throughout the uh, supply chain uh, and not having to deal with a million taxes. Um, and on the same with the services side. So I think this is a very good thing over the long term and something that uh, I think Modi will continue to have success in liberalizing the Indian economy 
I think another important factor that's been um, uh, a focus is the bank, the change in the bankruptcy laws. Uh, India right now has a, a very large bad loan problem, and the way, one of the ways of solving that is liberalizing the bankruptcy laws, which would allow creditors a, um, a quicker, uh, quicker access to collateral, and it would allow banks to more quickly also write off bad loans. Uh, so another important thing in um, helping that economy and, and helping those markets. Uh, on the individual stock side, I continue to be a big fan of agriculture. Uh, it's been a, an interesting few weeks in that space. We've had a big spike in wheat prices. The backdrop for that is the, the amount of acreage in the U.S. that's allocated to wheat farming is at the lowest level on record dating back to 1919. Uh, so that's the backdrop. So when you have that kind of situation, uh, it doesn't take much to see a spike in, in prices. And we did see that uh, because of some dry weather. Now, granted, of course, American farmers much more efficient. So for every acre, uh, they're able to generate much faster, or I should say more productive, uh, bushels of wheat. Uh, also saw just a few days ago a one-year high in corn prices. Soybean prices have had a nice bid to them. There's been a voracious appetite for demand for uh, soybeans out of China. China reported import and export numbers today, and uh, they showed another sharp increase in imports for June. So my favorite names in the uh, agriculture space are the fertilizer names, um, as I've written about, Mosaic and Potash, two very depressed stocks uh, that I do think are in the process of bottoming out because of crop prices bottom, income for farmers bottom, and uh, they can be more um, forgiving in the money they spend on fertilizers, which is desperately needed considering the robust uh, harvests we've seen uh, over the past um three to E3 years. Uh, agriculture prices pretty much topped out in the summer 2012 with major uh, droughts that uh, caused corn in particular to rise to $8 a bushel. It's now uh, just a hair below four. It did touch four uh, just a few days ago. So keep your eye on, on that. I think it's a washed out group and aren't really too many areas of, of uh, cheapness or neglect areas out there. And I think that is a, a really compelling one. Uh, Gold and silver continue to be a big bull. Uh, no, it sort of can't get out of its own way, it seems, but um, continues to struggle with, on one hand, the belief that central bankers and tightening policy and a rise in, in real rates is somehow going to be negative for the uh, gold and silver. But on the other hand, we know where this is going to lead with the, with the central bank tightening, and it's going to be a recession, a large decline in asset prices, and the dollar just continues to trade very poorly, uh, and that's going to be a major support for gold and silver. So that's about it. Uh, I'll try to keep these around 10 minutes because I know you, uh, you have a lot of other things to be reading and listening to and there's only so much time in the day. So thanks for listening and uh, we will, uh, you will hear from me soon. Thanks.